Doctor, Graham, Ryan and Yaz, don't worry about where we're from. Concentrate on how we can help. Cold open. Very short. Eshad. <laughs> so that's the beginning of my notes for this episode, Adam. Oh, I thought I thought you were actually. Are, is that the opening for our show too? Well, yeah. We should start doing cold opens. They cold open. Sprinkle them in from time to time. That's, but it I, was like it was a very short cold open. So that was my notes as I was taking notes for this episode. It, it was like cold open, very it was short, a very cold, uh, very short cold open, which I think is is pretty funny because it seemed like. Prior to the series, we didn't call out cold opens all that often because they really didn't happen all that often. And then as they started happening this series, it's like, ooh, another cold open. Oh, yeah. the thing, another I re- cold open. <laughs> and that was like everything's a cold open. I think the reason they're getting called out now, and I don't think we're the only ones that are calling it out, is that it's not consistent. Yeah. You know, it's, some episodes have it, some don't. So it's it's kind of a... A way to identify an episode. It's like, oh, this one had a cold open. And they're not always, you know, used the same way. And they're not always kind of the same length. This one is very short, whereas other ones have been like an entire scene. Yeah. You know, with characters and dialogue. So this one was unique in that it was just like this scene in space with a Cyberman's head. And then the voiceover, which was um, the lone Cyberman, his real name is Ashad. Um, it was his voice, which I confirmed through subtitles. Yeah, exactly. So. Confirmed through subtitles. And I will say that this from, from the very first second of this episode, I was sucked in like the, the voiceover drew me in immediately to this episode. And then from that point forward, I was glued. Like I, even my second watch through, there are so many aspects about this episode that just hook you, and I could not look away. Yeah, this I really I felt very engaged throughout the entire episode. Um, we well, first of all, we should probably just say, you know, for people that didn't look at anything to do with what this episode is about, we're reviewing Ascension of the Cybermen, which is part one of the finale of the two part finale. I can't believe that we're already there. <laughs> I really cannot fathom the idea that we are already within. I mean, we after this uh, episode of the podcast is posted, we have one episode left of this series. Yeah, and I know in the past we've sometimes if there's like a two-parter, we'll wait. You know, we'll wait until both parts air, and then we'll do a, a review of both. But for this one, we felt like we we would go ahead and review the first half and then do another review after the the next half airs. Partially because there's so few episodes anyways, we might as well drag it out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I feel like there's just enough going on right now in Doctor Who that it's, you know, there's so much we could talk about and speculate about just in this one little, just one half of the episode that I'd rather kind of have a little bit of fun guessing what's going to happen next as opposed to waiting until the until it's all over absolutely agreed and let's be honest if we did wait until we combine these two episodes together to record our episode would probably be close to three and a half four hours so we might as well record it in half and try to keep them a little bit more trimmed down (laughs) uh so 
Ashad at the beginning, he, he has his little voiceover, but he does say some pretty, pretty interesting things. It's kind of a very ominous quotes that, but I think at the end he says, uh, but that which is dead can get, can live again in the hands of a believer. Yeah. The, throughout the episode, he has some very, I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, very poetic lines and the way that he delivers them. I am, I am a fan of Ashad and anytime he talks, he, he does a great job. Whoever the actor is in, inside of the half, half piece Cybermen, incredible work. But his opening, the, the lines that he calls out and what you just called out, but, um, which is, but that which is dead can live again in the hands of the believer. Is it, is it, about him is it foreshadowing him is it foreshadowing something that we'll see about the doctor is it foreshadowing something that we'll see regarding some other character it it can be taken so many different ways but it is very ominous as a way to start the episode especially with his voice yes and is like you said is he the believer is that who he's referring to he feels very he seems very uh, self-centered. So I think he's talking about himself. He, I mean, he definitely is a believer, right? He is a believer in what he is bringing about. And it's called out later in the episode in regards to a Cyberman that is probably less of a Cyberman than other Cybermen we've come across, at least in New Who. Uh, he still has emotions intact. He's somewhat of a walking contradiction, but he is a firm believer to the point of being somewhat of a, a religious zealot when it comes to the Cybermen and what he's hoping to bring about. Um, so he, I would say that he's most definitely a believer as the one delivering the line, but I'm still curious if, it, if it's pointing to something else. Or if we'll find out more about who he was what what's kind of his history he does give a little bit of a backstory as to kind of how he became a cyberman he said he welcomed it uh, it wasn't like we see the cybermen are basically taking people against their will yeah it sounded like he for whatever reason welcomed it but then he, he was rejected um he originally felt like he was a failure but then he saw it as a gift um and that it was a sign that he was supposed to be something special and so it's a different. It's definitely a different take on Cybermen, because now we have like this guy who's essentially the leader, who is very much not a Cyberman. <laughs> he's he's an abomination in a way. Yeah. And and he's kind of like a Borg. That's I I saw you. I, I think it was on the Facebook uh, group or some conversation that you were having somewhere where you called that out. And I saw a few other references to the Borg, be it like the Borg designed the the cyber warship that we come across later in the episode. Um, you're not the only one to draw the correlation. Yeah, well, when you see like the half face, you know, human face, and then the other half is robotic. It's very, I mean, you just if you have have you watched Trek, you're gonna think Borg. Um, it, I think it's definitely it's different enough that I don't think it's like a straight up rip off. And then somebody else had pointed out as well that you know cybermen came way before the borg did because cybermen were in classic who yeah yeah so, I mean, if one is ripping the other off it's it's the borg <laughs> so <laughs> so it is yeah but it, this this specific character especially with kind of how pale his skin looks with all the robotic parts and everything he does he definitely um as a standalone character looks like a borg which is fine 
Yeah, it's fine. And I think within Doctor Who, the character design of Ashad is, I mean, it, it's solid. Uh, I I saw a couple references to Tim Shaw. I don't know if it was in regards to character design, if it's in regards to how he keeps kind of popping back up, whatever that might be. But... I heard it voice. It was a comparison I had heard. Okay, okay. Like kind of his voice sounds a lot like Tim Shaw. I, I'd have to hear he... him back to back to see if I agree, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever the case may be, I find him very intimidating, uh, his design, whether it's a reference or whether it, it, it's reminiscent of Borg or however you want to look at it. I think it works. I think it works really well. Yeah, I agree. I think he's, I, I think there's a place for all kinds of Doctor Who villains. Some can be a bit more comedic. Some can be kind of easily defeated, but they're powerful in numbers. Um, this guy is legitimately a threat and even more so than Tim Shaw because Tim Shaw, there were some comedic moments oh, around him and kind of how Eat your they salad would, Halloween. Yeah. And how they would kind of, you know, defeat him. Even it, it didn't make him fe- seem that intelligent. <laughs> this guy right. seems like he's gotten the best of them so far and is one of the more intimidating individual villains that in, in recent memory for Dr. Who. Yeah, and as a as the episode goes on, I think that's one thing that, especially my second time watching the episode, that stuck out to me more and more. And just the interaction between him and the Doctor. Because anytime Whitaker, it would seem like, had the upper hand, he would just stare her down and be like, yeah, I know, and it really doesn't matter. Like, there were not those moments where she would say something and you'd have the Daleks back up and, like, go through the the hive mind and be like, oh, snap, it's the doctor. Like, oh, no, panic, panic. And he's just like, yep, I know who you are. Um, it's He is he is an intimidating character because he is uh, – he doesn't fall into the same categories that we've seen some of the other villains fall into in the past. Well, let's – Let's move into the episode itself because we've spent a lot of time talking about this guy. And we haven't even <laughs> I mean, got, we haven't even gotten into past the uh, the cold open. But once we get past the cold open, we jump into to me what is one of the more confusing aspects of this episode because we transition directly into Ireland and a baby found in the middle of a road. Well, you're forgetting the the very first part where you just see a bike riding but you yes. don't see who's riding it and i instantly thought ryan was gonna be riding that bike <laughs> no you didn't did you I really? did i saw a bike oh my goodness they didn't show who was on the bike and i was like oh this is ryan he finally he he finally is riding a bike <laughs> um <laughs> which i mean i know this is a little off topic but it is kind of interesting to me that they introduced um that element of ryan's character and they really have not revisited it at all Oh, no, absolutely not. It's like they forgot about it. Yeah, I think, was it one of the earlier episodes where he mentions it, where he's like, hey, I I couldn't, I used to not be able to, like, ride a bike or climb a ladder or tie my shoe or something and now look at me. Um, I feel like they referenced it at some point, but you're absolutely right. But that was last season. Was that really last season? I'm pretty sure that was last season. Oh, dang. Um, The part where he couldn't really play the piano very well, I thought maybe was kind of a hint at it, but... Because it was even just like a really simple song, and it was like he was yeah. kind of missing the keys, and I thought maybe that had something to do with coordination. But yeah, it's definitely not something that they, it was such a big deal 
in that original episode that you kind of thought, oh, this is going to be an interesting part of this guy's character. And then they really haven't really used it at all. Yeah, no, I so. agree. I thought of that at one point because in one of the episodes you see him running um, and he seems to run pretty well for someone who struggled with balance. Um, so. Maybe maybe in one of the adventures that we didn't see, the doctor found some kind of you know miracle cure for him. So. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of stuff that happens off camera. Um, They reference all sorts of stuff here and there. So maybe perhaps. Right. Um, Yeah. So it wasn't Ryan. I was disappointed, but yes, like you said, there was, there was a baby in the middle of the road in, uh, in Ireland. Did they say Ireland? Are we just assuming that based on accents and landscape? Yeah. I don't think they ever specifically call out Ireland. I know that there's reference to like the Garda, which I guess is, the police force of Ireland. Um, so I think just based off that, it's, oh, it's it is? just assumed okay. that's where they are. Okay, because he said something about asking them later on like why he wanted to become a guard. Yeah. I realized that was the correct term. Yeah, and, and later as they're like walking out of the building, you see above the doorway it says like G-A-R-D-A. Um, so I think that's just Irish. Okay. Police force. I could be wrong, and I I'm going to get called out hardcore on this, but that's what I'm going with. I'll stick with it. That's my final answer. Well, we get this guy finds a baby, brings the baby home uh, to his wife. A police officer shows up, and then basically they just they uh, volunteer to take care of the baby. And this is introducing this kind of parallel storyline that's happening throughout that they keep flashing to throughout this yeah. entire episode which is very intriguing, especially considering we really don't get a lot of payoff uh, from this. So it's obviously going to carry over into the second part because there, there wasn't any kind of conclusion as to kind of this child who ends up, we find up, find out is later on, they name him Brendan um, and he's got some interesting stuff that happens to him. So, uh, so yeah, this was kind of a, a cool element that I actually really liked because I love the mystery of it all. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think if there's going to be, I mean, there's a lot of places that speculation could take place, especially towards the end of the episode. But this is those one, this is one of those things that throughout the episode, you find yourself every time they flash back or they jump to the scene. See, even when I say flashback, I'm assuming something there, right? But anytime they, they go to the, one of these scenes, at least me, my mind immediately starts trying to come up with an answer for what's going on, um, trying to figure out exactly who these characters are. Two things that stuck out to me about this right off the bat. Number one, it was it, the cinematography was beautiful. <laughs> like the, the way that the transition took place and the music that accompanied it, and it just set a totally different tone anytime they would go back to these scenes. But it was also very Superman-esque, right? Like baby found by two farmers something weird's going on i don't know i i immediately superpowers yeah like i i immediately thought like oh wow it's kind of superman but then who is this kid yeah my my wife picked up on the same thing when they found the baby and she turned to me and was like oh it's like superman (laughs) i guess so i didn't think about that there's a time where they like throwing hay into the barn and yeah. dad is like, Oh, look at the muscles on you. Good lad. Like something's unique about this child. 
It's like Superman if Superman was a a redhead from Ireland. Right, exactly. (laughs) Alternate universe. Right. Oh, snap, I went there again. (laughs) Uh, So then we get that little tease of kind of what's going on there, but then it jumps back to the Doctor and her crew, and um, we see kind of the continuation of what the last episode led into. They have the coordinates that they got from Shelley, and now they're using the coordinates to find this village. And really, that was it. They didn't. There wasn't a lot more. I thought maybe there'd be some more. Them having to decipher, you know, kind of all the writings and the numbers. And no, they just they basically just figured it out and found their way there. We didn't get to see, kind of the in between. Yeah, and I'm cool with that. It seemed, at least for me, it's like okay, you had the direct coordinates. Shelley had the Siberium inside of them. Wrote it all down multiple times. It makes sense that the doctor could just pop that in and go. Um, but it, it it does take us directly to the scene that if you watched any of the teasers that came out during the week, that's what this scene is. So none of it was surprising. And I'm kind of cool with that. I'm kind of cool that they basically took the very beginning of the episode, pulled that out as a teaser, and then the rest of the episode is a surprise. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we, we we jump right into it. Yeah, I yeah I agree. I'm glad they didn't give us any more. I think that would have been a waste of time to kind of give us a little bit more explanation as to how the Doctor got yeah. there, and yep. they just kind of jump right into the action. We do get introduced to these to these two characters that we had seen in the in the preview clip, uh, Ficat and Ra- Ravio. Yeah, very names. interesting names. <laughs> Which I, guess we I also didn't of pick up naming. until I watched the subtitles. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I guess I guess as uh, life goes on, humanity just runs out of names that make sense, and we just start throwing random consonants and vowels together. <laughs> I feel like some names are like that now, so we're yeah, not too far I from mean, this. If but, I was if I was gonna have another kid, I'd definitely go with uh, y- Yidlarmy. That, <laughs> that sounds like a great name. There was an Ethan, so <laughs> there was an so that, Ethan. That's traditional, but. Were you surprised that there were only seven humans left? Like that, that seemed when they were saying there was this war and there was a settlement of humans, I was kind of thinking, okay, there's like a few hundred of them. But the fact that they were down to seven, that was pretty crazy, like pretty dire situation here. Yeah. They're they're one errant grenade away from the the destruction of humanity. I know, right? Like one, one terrible decision, one, one flew, um, Right. Yeah, it was it was surprising to me. Um, But on the on the flip side of that, I was surprised that at least at the beginning of the episode, it makes it seem like there's three Cybermen and maybe like eight drones. Like that seems like what the idea is, is that the doctor says, yep, there's seven nearly wiped everybody out. But on the flip side, they nearly wiped themselves out as well. So it's really like three against seven at that point. Um, those numbers were were very surprising to me. Yeah, it's kind of like what's going on in the rest of the galaxy right now? I know, right? Like, is it just whittled down to two species that are fighting it out and there's like 10 things left in the whole you know, galaxy? Or is there just, you know, are the Daleks just kind of sitting off to the side waiting to see who, you, you know, who kills the other ones and then they finish off the, the remnants? Like, yeah, it it seems like there is more going on. It's just no one wants to step in 
and help <laughs> the, the help humanity because of the Cybermen because they they make the the comment later on like what are we going to do land on another planet and unleash all of this on on them and it's like well if there's no one there that's not a big deal but it seems to imply there are other things living elsewhere and it would be a pretty bad idea for the Cybermen to start on them as well um hmm. so I yeah I guess no one just wants to intervene and and then there's the the also the awesome line later on like where Ethan's the last one or last one left and Ashad gives like the incredible speech in regards to should I leave you alive like you can say that I've wiped out all of humanity you can spread the message well who's he going to spread the message to if no one else is around so there must be other people around true other species that are still yeah. out there that that need to fear the Cybermen I guess I didn't pick up on what you were kind of saying that there weren't that many Cybermen left either and that makes complete sense now that I think about it but I hadn't really picked up on that that I thought that they were just kind of there were a couple shuttles that had arrived there but they were more you know somewhere out there you know a larger force somewhere out there yeah I but. I think it's supposed to be at least at the beginning there's only those three and then the the flying heads which hmm. if I was gonna pick out a weak point of this episode the flying heads were it well, do you think Handles was in one of the flying <laughs> I sure hope not. Handles <laughs> He's is turned on him. No. What if no. it's revealed that Handles was the one that started the whole thing? <laughs> what if it's revealed that Handles is Ashad? <laughs> Ooh, that would be interesting. They reattached his head and crazy um, fist. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't not think of Handles when I saw these, you know, flying Cybermen heads. I did. I think you were about to say it. For I think it was literally the only thing in this entire episode I didn't like. Oh yeah, it's just absolutely. the cheesy, bad CGI flying Cybermen heads was a little. I mean, it's on the nose for Doctor Who, but they were doing so good with all the great cin- cinematography and yeah, you know, everything just looked really high quality. And then that came up. The one the one comment that I saw that really uh, resonated with me was the idea of going back to some of the things that they did with was it Nightmare and Silver with Matt Smith where he was battling the Cybermen at that weird circus type thing. And there were like the cyber bugs. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah. Like if they could have done something like that, where it was like a cyber wasp or like some sort of other flying cyber creature, as opposed to just throwing Cybermen heads in the air, that would have been solid. Like really, really great choice if they would have gone that direction. Um, but I mean, outside of that, honestly, it's a fairly small thing in the episode and after the first like five, 10 minutes, it's done. It's over with. You forget about it. And then you move on to so much better parts. I mean, why not just go all in and have like their, all the cyber spaceships just be giant Cybermen heads? <laughs> Don't encourage them, Aaron. <laughs> Don't encourage them. Uh, so we did meet, we did meet, I think all of the humans that were left. If, if there were only seven, if I'm counting correctly, I think we met them all. But quickly, a lot of them die. You know, the yeah. the brother that couldn't speak dies, which was kind of supposed to be tragic, but I, we just didn't know him long enough to care. I did want to know his story. Like, why why didn't he speak anymore? Um, I think they were saying he was just so traumatized, right? Okay. And so so scared and traumatized that he just stopped speaking, I think is kind of along the lines of what his brother said. Okay, I'll take it. But, yeah, so he died and some random girl just decided to run out there with him and she died. And then the um, the first guy we we meet, Fee Cat, 
he dies when Ethan tries to go and like kind of bluff and kind of act like he's you know he goes out and talks to Ashad. Yeah. And then uh, Ashad sees right through the ruse and and shoots the other guy. Yeah. Which was pretty sad. I that one that one caught me by surprise. Yep. And they take out all so the doctor and the companions brought all this equipment that was supposed to kind of like there's a force field and there's like a some kind of particle projector projector and what was the third thing um uh it was the neuro inhibitor oh yeah fryer which was kind of crazy like when they described what that thing was gonna do yeah which i think we've we've run across that before though right where the doctor does something and the cybermen start to feel again and they can like feel the pain and everything like right was that capaldi that did that or was that was that even earlier i'm sure it's been done before but it does seem, you know, it kind of goes back to the doctor and kind of the inconsistencies around, you know, oh, she's anti, you know, weapon or slash anti-gun, but yet she's willing to do something like that, which is in a lot of ways more violent than shooting someone. <laughs> yeah. Um, she also uses a grenade in this episode that blows somebody up, uh, which is pretty violent as well. So it's kind of like... It, it is definitely inconsistent. She's not a. She's definitely not a pacifist by any means. Yeah, I. It's inconsistent, but I think it also speaks to her relationship or the Doctor's relationship with Cybermen in general. Like, she doesn't mess around. <laughs> when it comes to Cybermen, she recognizes them as being this, this, uh, unstoppable force that's just going to continue to march forward until you do something dramatic. You mentioned the word pacifist and there is the, the teaser for the next episode where uh, one of the characters says now is not the time to be a pacifist. Um, I'm interested to know if that is a reference to the doctor or if it's talking to someone else at that point, do we see the doctor go or is the doctor challenged in the next episode to basically break out of the norms of what we've seen the doctor and potentially go back to the war doctor status. Right. Which I've always thought the war doctor was kind of ironic because he was like maybe one of the nicest, kindest doctors that we've had. (laughs) Really, (laughs) If you really think back on that episode, he never did anything very warlike. No, but they're the, the character that we meet at the end. uh, What is his name? Co. Oh, Kosh. Kosharmis. He, he gave off some very strong war doctor vibes. He he had me he had me wanting John Hurt again. Well, the, you were kind of talking we were we were talking about the Doctor being a pacifist or whatever, and also you were talking about the Cybermen bringing out a certain side of the Doctor. And we do we definitely see just the Doctor's personality in this episode is kind of carried over from how she starts acting when she sees the Cybermen in the last episode. Yeah, and she snaps at her companions. You know they they tell her. Like, oh, this, you know, they did, they destroyed this. I know, I know. And then she's like, yells like, I know. know? Yeah. And she's kind of like, you guys need to get out of here. Go hang out with the humans. You know, I can't chance it. I've been too reckless with you guys. I can't, you know, you're humans. If they, if they get you, they're going to assimilate you. Um, You definitely see this intensity that the doctor is just not messing around right now. I absolutely loved it. There, there's something about, I think because we have seen, Whitaker's doctor consistently be the lighthearted, joyful, 
as she put it, reckless at times, maybe a little flippant here and there. It seems like no matter what the situation is, it's always like she she stays upbeat. There's something about the past two episodes where you see that edge, right? Where where it's not as soft anymore. It's not as as fun. It's not as happy go lucky. But she sees consequences. She sees danger and the way that she's responding to it. I absolutely love. You see that in some of the intensity that we've seen in previous doctors start to find its way to the surface. Um, I'm really I'm really curious to see what's going to happen not only this next episode but really leading into the next series entirely uh what what does the doctor look like from this point forward so the doctor gets so there's a the the group kind of splits up graham and yaz go with the humans they lose ryan somehow and he gets left behind and he ends up with the doctor again she's not too happy about that yeah not happy at all and then they kind of all make it off the planet on, you know, by different means. The the humans have this ship that they've been putting together, I guess, and they fix it just in time to, to get off the planet. And Graham and Yaz are not too happy about that either because they're, they're like, they didn't want to leave Ryan behind. But then Ryan, along with the doctor and Ethan, who is the young boy, um, they steal a cyber ship, a fighter, cyber fighter. Um, which is a small Cyberman craft. So we have two different kind of ships that get off the planet. And I think at this point we're down to, what, there's three humans on the one ship and then one on the other. So we're down to four people that are still alive. Yep. So, but they're all trying to get to the same place, which is Koshama. Koshamas. (laughs) Yeah. So um, they're trying to get to this place, which is this... I guess like a legendary place because I'm assuming none of them have been there before. Right. And they just kind of hear that this place exists. It's going to, there's something they call the boundary that you can go there and it'll let you get out of the galaxy. And basically it's their escape route from the Cybermen. Yeah. It, it's, it's fascinating because as the, the companion split up, as the groups split up at this point, both times, both times I watched the episode, like my heart rate is going like I am anticipating something bad happening specifically to Yaz and, and Graham, like the, the split that takes place there in the situation that they're in. I still, I still am expecting something terrible to happen to one or both of them. Is that going to happen? I have no idea, but I feel like for once in a, in this series, last series, this series, what have you, like there are, there are actual stakes, maybe because it involves the Cybermen and like stuff always bad stuff always happens when they're involved. I'm expecting something bad to happen here. That split felt really nice in this episode. Yes. Um, we do get a interesting communication from Ashad. So while the doctor is on, the ship um he communicates to that ship via like hologram and he has this conversation with her but he has this quote where he says the death of everything is within me <sighs> yeah and it's kind of like ooh, I feel like that's a line that was dropped on purpose 
I know, right? That hints to something that's coming, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. And the way that the way that these lines go back and forth, um, or or they'll have they'll have Ashad talk and he'll drop one of these lines, whether it's uh what was once dead will live again in the hands of a believer. And then it cuts to Ireland or he says all your deaths, the death of everything is within me. And then it cuts back to Ireland. Like it seems like it's leading us a certain direction with the character of Brendan. And it wants us maybe to at least assume we know who this individual is or how this individual is involved. Is it a misdirect? Maybe. But it just seems like there's this in- interesting interplay between current time within Doctor Who with the Doctor and Ashad, and then what I'm assuming is the past when we flash back to Brendan. Um, but that line that you call out, yeah, there's a special emphasis on that. But that's also this really incredible exchange where the Doctor's like, hey, you are the antithesis of who the Cybermen are. You feel emotions. You are you are an abomination as you put it. And he's like, yeah, I know. And she's like, well, check your records. Like I'm the doctor. I've, I've dealt with you hundreds of times before. And every, it seems like every other doctor who episode where a line like that is dropped, like be it the 11th hour, be it instances with the Daleks, be it other Cybermen. There's always this moment of panic that sets in and he doesn't, he doesn't blink an eye. He just, he just says, no, the Siberium does know you. Both you and huma- humanity will be destroyed, and I will bring the cyber race to the greatest ever glory. He's like, yeah, I know who you are. I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. And the Siberium does seem to have some sort of insight into things that are going to happen. Yeah. So it's almost like there's this, I don't know if it's like a prophecy or a prediction of what's going to happen to the to humanity and the Doctor, or if it's something that's already been, deci- like something that's already happened, you know? Yeah, and it's just a an, an, an inevitability, inevitability. Um, <laughs> I am inevitable to to happen. So, yeah, it is interesting. And when when he says the death of everything is within me, and you know the Siberium is in him, so then yeah. you're kind of thinking, is he referring to that? But I actually don't think that's what he's referring to. I think it's something else. And I like I like how you pointed out that whenever you know they're talking to him and he says something like that, and then it cuts to the scenes with Brendan. That was something I hadn't really thought that much about. So I was like, hmm, that is interesting. So we do, this does, the scene where they're talking via hologram does cut to probably the most interesting or one of the most interesting scenes we get with Brendan. And that's the the cliff side uh, where he chases the guy down. The guy has a gun. The guy shoots him in the chest and then he falls off a cliff yeah. and hits the ground. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so <laughs> that was interesting because then he, you know, he's discovered by the same police officer that um, has already been in the episode a few times, and he just kind of wakes up and doesn't seem to be affected at all by falling off of a hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of foot cliff and getting shot in the chest. Yeah, he doesn't seem physically impacted, but there is something about how the scene plays out where he himself seems surprised and possibly slightly confused maybe i'm just reading way too much into it um the way that the entire scene plays out though 
it it got me like I was verbally saying no 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 as he gets shot and then falls off the back of the cliff totally not expecting what or for him to wake up like he wakes up but on a second watch through it's almost like he has no idea what happened and he just kind of wants to shake it off and kind of move past it and not think anything about it right and he's ha- they have a scene where he's like at you know a meal with his his mom and dad and his dad even kind of looks at him almost like what have i just witnessed you know yeah what's going on here like almost like he doesn't trust him or he's now this this different thing so which is weird considering what happens at the end of the episode (laughs) oh absolutely that's what i was just gonna say like in the moment again like this episode such a good does such a good job of getting you engaged in the moment and then like later on it takes everything that you thought about that moment and totally reframes it and it just makes it honestly to me it just leaves me guessing and makes me slightly confused but in all the right ways yes yeah so yeah this is the part where i started like my mind the started kind of wheeling a little bit as to like what is going on you know like, right where yeah. am i what am i predicting like what am what are my my theories now because right away when he fell off the cliff and hit the ground and served well actually before he survived when he was like laying dead there, I was like, Oh, this is just the Cybermen are going to come and like at this moment and he's going to turn into a Cyberman and that's going to be what saves his life. (laughs) And he's a shot, you know, like I, that was where my head was going. And then it just wasn't, I wasn't right at all. Yeah. I, I started out being like, Oh, he's a shot. And then it was like, Oh wait, no, the guy with the guy with the gun, he's a shot. And then he falls off the cliff and dies. And I was like, oh, he's he's no one. He's dead. And now I feel very emotionally attached to this character. And now he's gone. And then he woke up and I'm like, I have no idea who this guy is. But I, now I need to know. Um, but yeah, I you find yourself guessing this, the entire episode long. Um, and honestly, it subverts any trust that I had in everything else that came from this point forward that things were going to be okay or that I even understood what was going on. I questioned every character from this point forward. Yeah. At this point it does start to get where there's really no more, there's nothing else from here on that makes sense. No, that it's everything else is just left open-ended. There's a lot of questions to be answered <laughs> and yeah. we'll get there. Cause there's some big stuff still coming, but right now the Graham and Yaz and that crew they actually run into this um, this area that there's all these Cybermen parts like floating around in space, and it was the the place of a battle, I guess. Yeah. And there's like giant. There's still some big gi- giant Cybermen ships there, and they get this idea that they're going to go into one of the hangars, which they luckily make it, and then they start to kind of wander the ship. Um, and you know, not to dwell too long on this part of the story, but basically they they find that there's all these dormant Cybermen in the ship, but they're kind of like old school Cybermen, right? Yeah, they definitely look like old school Cybermen, but it the, the episode makes it seem like they're like new iterations of Cybermen. Well, it's like a different... So it is interesting because we don't really know the history of this cyber war. So we don't know if maybe there's multiple different types of Cybermen that have kind of all joined up. 
um, you know, is a shot because it didn't seem like a shot was necessarily associated with these people, these yeah. Cybermen. And then once he comes and discovers them, then he sees the opportunity to kind of like activate them. And then now they're part of his, you know, part of his force. So now he's gone from, you know, himself and a couple of Cybermen that were hanging out with him. Now he's got like a full army again. Yeah. And, and Ravio uh, calls them the warrior class. So like, they're not, I think the other ones that were with Ashad were like cyber guards. And now these are warriors. So it definitely seems like there's different classifications of Cybermen. They're not just as clean cut as I once thought they were. Um, I think they they, were his cyber posse. (laughs) Cyber posse. Yeah. So, uh, but it was kind of an interesting scene though, when he goes and he, he sees, he opens up one of the pods and there's the Cyberman there and then he just like starts torturing the thing. Yeah. And they didn't really explain why he did that because he was, I mean, I guess he was trying to reactivate them all, but, and he even says like, you know, hi, you know, I forget the line, but something about, you know, my warriors or, or my soldiers or whatever he says did he just kill one just to make an example or what was that about? Did I miss something? No, I have no idea. This is another thing that first time I watched it, I'm like, this is freaky. It's disconcerting. I find the screams of the Cybermen to be like it. It's not fun to listen to. And then the second time I watched it, my wife asks, what is he doing there? It's like, I have no idea, but they do it. It seems like they do it to two of them. At least he does it to one. And it seems like one of the other cyber men that was with him did it to another. Yeah. And then the other one, they didn't, the other one they showed that cyberman pull out some kind of pronged instrument and start, but that one they didn't really show. Cause upon a second watch, I was trying to like watch a little closer. And the one that Ashad was waking up definitely was like screaming. Right. And was being tortured. But the other one just seemed like it was waking up. So I don't know if maybe the other ones were just kind of waking everybody else up, but then Ashad was was torturing this first guy. He's he's messed up. He what what did they say? We're carrying the Cybermen that makes other Cybermen scream. It definitely has, is an effective strategy to uh, throw everybody else off uh, when they have to witness that. So hey, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he had to die just for that line. I think. Yeah, yeah, I really, exactly. I think they just had to have a that cool line, and they're like, "Well, let's show him kill one of them." But yeah, that I, I, I thought that was interesting. I thought maybe I just missed a detail that would have made it make more sense, but apparently not. No, I, if if it accomplishes anything, it again just raises the stakes because it shows you just how um, determined Ashad is, and really off his rocker he is in this instance. Right. So Doctor and crew, they did a lot of jumping around. We get we yeah. jumped to the one group on the human ship. They jumped to the Doctor ship. They jump over to uh, Ireland occasionally. So this, so now we're back with the Doctor, and they've they've made contact with Kosharmus, who happens to be a person um, that's this this older gentleman who is the guy that we were talking about. They had cast from from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. He was the recognizable, and I think there was another Game of Thrones actor, but I didn't recognize him. But he was the recognizable, and I recognized him right away. Um, and he, so his story is, he's basically, he went to this planet, uh, or he fought in the war 
And then he was captured, he escaped, some people settled on this planet, and then there's this, um, this gateway that basically everybody else went through, and he stayed behind just in case any other people showed up. So he was like the nice guy. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't trust him at all. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Because he seemed so happy when he found out other humans were alive. Like He seemed so happy, and then the doctor made... She makes the statement, you sacrificed your own life on the chance others were still out there. And he says, you make it sound more noble than it is. And something about that line, like, threw me off. And the way that the rest of this interactions between them play off is, like, they go to the rocky shore, and he's like, it's out there. And she's like, really? And he's like, yeah, walk closer to it. And at that point, I'm like, oh, dang, this guy sends people through the quote-unquote boundary because there's some monster in the water that's going to eat you. And, like, you go to the other side that way. So I totally thought, like, he was getting ready to feed the doctor and the companions to some freaking huge beast in the water. I didn't trust the guy huh. at all. He seemed off his rocker, and and he had nefarious plans in his mind. Wow. See, me and you got a totally different vibe from this dude. Like I said, like from the moment that Brendan wakes up after falling off a cliff and dead, I trusted no one. It's like this entire episode is out there to screw me up and I'm not going to believe anything from this point forward. I was wrong. <laughs> um, okay, so there's a lot that happens really quick between the point we're at now and the, the end of the episode. I will yeah. say, just to comment on what you were saying about this guy. I actually... I never got any nefarious feeling from him. He seemed genuinely happy that he found other survivors. Um, he did seem a little weird when the portal kind of opened. He's like, oh, yeah, get a little <laughs> closer. That did seem a little weird, but it was almost like it, he had he was in awe of it. Yeah. It was almost like when you show a friend something cool, you know, you do kind of act a little weird. You're like, hey, no, but look really closely. You know, like, that's <laughs> true. true. <laughs> so I think he was just really excited. Um, I, but you could be right. Maybe next episode we'll find out that there's some nefariousness going on. But I think because of what was revealed, that he's completely clueless. Like he doesn't. I don't think he knows what's on the other side, other than the fact that it was this place that people were going. That they they seem to survive. But he seems surprised by the state of things. Um, once it once the doctor saw it. But let's let's save that. So. They do one more scene with Brendan and they do the scene where he is now an older man and he's, I guess, retiring from the force. Yeah. He's getting some yeah. kind of commendation. He's, he's retiring. He goes to walk out of the ceremony and there standing in front of him is his dad, Pat and the, the officer who both, I would say, cause I wouldn't say they haven't aged, but they definitely haven't aged much. Yeah. They, they look a little older than when we first see them. They look a little older than when we first see them, but on a second watch, they're the same age as they were when Brendan fell off the cliff. Right. They haven't aged from that point they forward. They haven't aged since then. And so we're thinking, you know, if you were going to do a ballpark, when he falls off the cliff, he's maybe 20. Oh, yeah, maybe. Early twenties yep. uh, at at the most, and then at this retirement thing, he's probably what sixty, late sixties, yeah. So there's got to be a, at least a forty year gap, maybe a fifty year gap, 
um, and these guys haven't aged. Yeah. He definitely has aged. So that right there, you're like, okay, something's not right. They, <laughs> they, um, they say, I forget what they say, like that he has to come with them. They go into this room. There's a clock that the, the camera really focuses in on. So like, okay, that might be important. And they say something about they have to get rid of his memories and they hook him up to some machine, which I guess it's a memory erasing machine, but it almost felt like a electrocution chair. Yeah, yeah. And then we just see him get, the, they turn the machine on and he starts screaming and they'd say he's not going to remember any of it. Yep. That's the last we get of Brendan. Yeah. And so now we know there's these people that don't, you know, they don't age. He does. He can survive falling and getting shot. And that was the thing that I was just like, okay, I have no idea what's going on. At least when it comes to Brendan. Yeah. No. <laughs> You're not alone. I I love this aspect of the episode because ever since I watched it for the first time, I can't figure out what the heck is going on. The only thing in my mind that I'm going off of is Brendan died when he fell off the cliff. And from that point forward, everything else is some like death dream or something weird is happening there. Like there's something th that's the only way that I could explain how, um, he aged. No one else did. I don't know. I don't know. Something weird's going on the clock. You're absolutely right. That seems like it's important. They focus in on, or it takes a prominent place in two of the shots. Um, I spent way too much time trying to figure out what the time on the clock meant. It's <laughs> what was the time? It's it is five, like five fifty four, um, in both shots. So it's like the clock, the time on the clock doesn't change between when they meet him on the steps and then when they plug him in in the office. Like the time, I'm pretty sure is almost identical in both instances. But it's like five fifty four. Like what does five fifty four mean? Um, Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, there, I'm sure there's theories. I had seen some theories about, you know, I kind of thought, you know, originally I thought he was going to be, um, a shot. I thought that maybe he was Kosharmus, but you know, they show him older and we see Kosharmus about the same age and they're not the same actor. So I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, you kind of start thinking, is he a Time Lord? But that doesn't really make sense because he was there as a baby. And, you know, if he died, he would have regenerated, right? You know, if a Time yeah. Lord gets shot and falls off a cliff, wouldn't yeah. he have regenerated? Um, or at least some kind of indication of, like, uh, Time Lord energy healing him. Uh, I've heard people say it might be Captain Jack. I don't see where they're getting that from. I don't know. There's just all these these things that don't really make sense. There's no clear, there's no clear thing where you're just like, okay, they're definitely leading to this. You know, it's just nothing really fits. Yeah. No, no, you're spot on. Nothing fits. Um, which is great because then it leaves it completely open for, for what's going to happen in the next episode. And there's still more. Yeah. There's still and more. We're not even done because now we get back after the scene it jumps back to the doctor. Yaz is calling the doctor. 
Um, Yaz and Graham are now basically trapped on the bridge of the ship with the Cybermen all reactivated and coming for them. And the last we see of them is the Cybermen actually breached the door. Yeah. And we have they have no way off this ship. So nope. that's interesting. We're leave, we're left with two of our companions in a precarious situation that doesn't seem like they have a way out of. And that's, you know, we got to wait a week to find out what what's going on there. But then we we get the doctor has already seen the portal, but now the portal kind of opens up bigger. Yeah. And we see what's on the other side and it's it's Gallifrey. Yeah. Which is like, whoa. Like I was surprised. I didn't see that coming. No, nope. Had did not expect that. Because earlier in the episode, uh, the comment is made the boundary opens to different places every time. It never opens to the exact same place twice. And that's why there's safety, because even if the Cybermen didn't get did get there, they wouldn't be able to follow you because it never opens up to the same place. So you make it through, you're safe. And then Kosharmus makes a comment like, I've never seen anything like this before so he's totally surprised by what shows up but yeah it's it's gallifrey in the in the state that we saw it in being destruction that's interesting because i didn't pick up on that that line even through watching it twice maybe i was just getting distracted that they said that it was never the same place twice yeah they she ravio mentions it pretty early on when they're explaining to Yaz and um, Graham the boundary. So let's see here. To Kosharmus in the boundary, it's where we've been trying to get to our only point of safety. Um, yeah, that's what we've been told. Let's see here. Uh, okay, so Ravio says, supposedly a way out of this galaxy, a gateway, a direct route of out of here into another random part of the universe we get through there the cyberman can't follow the boundary patterns are never the same twice it's our best hope of safe harbor hmm see i i don't know that that means that the place is random i mean it's saying it's a random place in the galaxy but i mean i think that you could say oh it's taking us to a place that we don't know where it's going so it's random but i don't and then the, the fact that the patterns aren't the same, I, I don't read that as the look, the destination isn't always the same. But it's never the same twice, right? What's not? But she says the pattern's not the same to, twice. Not the the destination. Am I is is that struggling with? Or is that gonna throw some theories into the? No, I think that it's just interesting if it's gonna be Gallifrey. And the way he said it's never looked like that before makes me think he's seen Gallifrey before. Okay. But he's never seen it destroyed. Gotcha. And so that's why it's weird if it's if it's a random if it's a randomizer and it always takes you to a different place. So I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. But see the the huh. way that I was the way that I was understanding it was never the same place twice. Totally random pattern. Uh, and then when he's like, I've never seen that before. He's meaning like he's never seen. Gallifrey show up before and how crazy is it that you have the transcript yeah can you scroll to the part where he says that he's never seen I want to hear I want to know exactly what he says yeah so uh 
yes, yes, then something happens in the boundary, Ethan. What is it, doctor? That's not possible. Uh, Kosharmus, I've never seen it look like that before. Doctor, that's my home planet. That's Gallifrey. How is Gallifrey here? And then a huge reveal. Yeah. I've so never yeah, seen I guess it like reading like it, reading it your way, I could totally see it. How he's like, I've never seen it look like that before. Like, is he referring to the boundary, or is he referring to what he sees within the boundary? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. See, I thought I kind of had an idea, at least when it came to the Gallifrey side of things but now you're you're making me question it with the whole random thing because i didn't i didn't take that into account see and, and like, like i feel like they've been sending people to gallifrey is kind of the way i read it like all yeah. along these people have been being sent to gallifrey and now they and it's been a long time and the gap and the portal opens again and now this is the first time he's seen it destroyed so hmm yeah i mean all will be revealed i guess oh man i see and that's the thing like there's so many parts about this episode or aspects of this episode that I feel like can be called into question like this. And I know that we've said it back and forth in text a few times. That's one of the things that I feel like this series has done a really good job of in regards to bringing back some of the interesting aspects or some of the, the fun aspects or the aspects that made Doctor Who fun for at least us, that we could have some of these conversations and banter back and forth and be like, I have no idea what's going to happen, but maybe this. Um, this episode is like rife with those things. Yeah. And then we get the master just shows up. <laughs> which, oh, dang. He just shows up. He comes up out of the portal. I guess he's like coming out of the portal. Yeah. And just to... Yeah. So the master's back, which I, I love this guy. You know, I'm really like him now. <laughs> the fact yeah. that he appeared, I was happier to see him than I thought I was going to be. And I'm excited that he's back and it seems like going to play a part And in this next episode. And he, you know, what does he say at the end? He says, be afraid, doctor, because everything is about to change forever. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And they just leave us hanging. We don't know. Does the doctor go through the portal? with him uh we don't know what happens to graham and yaz with the cyberman breaching the door and it's kind of just all left hanging and you know we and like you said i think this was said off the air because we weren't recording yet but you had said something about we haven't even seen uh joe martin's doctor right like we don't know does she play a part in this is she um not coming back until a later season If she, and this might sound like a hyperbolic statement, and I don't mean it that way at all. I'm being totally honest. If she does not show up in the next episode, I'm okay with that. Because I feel like we have so much stuff going on that we could actually miss having an additional doctor show up. A huge reveal that I've been waiting for since the episode she first appeared in. We could go without that, and I feel like this next episode... There's no way it can fail just because of everything else that has to happen next episode with all the reveals that are yet to come. Gallifrey, Timeless Child, interaction with the Master. We have Yaz and Graham that needs to be resolved. Now we have Brendan to figure out who the heck he is. We could wait to have anything happen with Joe Martin's Doctor until next series, and I feel like the finale would still be crazy good. 
So are you making a official prediction that she's not going to be in the next episode? I honestly feel like she's not going to be in the next episode. That is how I feel right now. All right, good. So I'll say I will predict she is going to be in the next episode. <laughs> so we can now have a right or wrong situation here. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I, feel, I feel confident where I stand right now. I don't think she's going to be in it. I think the tie with Gallifrey, I think the fact that he's saying everything's about to change. Uh, he has said before that, you know, that they were lied to, that what you think is true isn't true. I think the the nature of Time Lords is going to be addressed. And I think what we think we know about Time Lords is going to be addressed. And that's going to tie directly to the fact that there's this mysterious doctor and the timeless child. So I think it all comes together. I don't think that they are leaving her for a later season or next season. I think that she ties directly into what we're seeing right now. Let me ask you this. Do you think she is, as of next episode, it's totally resolved, she shows up, and we never see her again? No. Okay. I don't. I think that we're going to get a little bit more closure and information around who she is and how she can exist and i think that um if if bbc is smart um, especially with the reaction that they got with this character is that they will use her in a similar way as to how they use river in that she may appear from time to time but not as like um i well i guess to answer your question, I don't think she'll be resolved and and done in this season. I think that there, if if anything, she'll be a recurring character. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of that could even just be a pure reaction to the popularity of her reveal. So even if they didn't have the plans <laughs> to bring her back, I think that they're coming up with plans to bring her back. <laughs> Which happens in entertainment, you know, oh. you have an unexpected reaction to a character and you take advantage of that. Is it, is it absolutely wrong of me that I feel like this entire series has been a reaction and in all the best ways? No, I think it's a good sign because we did get last season, which, you know, we, we liked a lot of yeah, last season. It was a good series. And it we really, really was. liked Jodie Whittaker as the doctor. So it wasn't something where I know there were some fans out there that were just like, Oh, not my doctor. And you know, I'm done with doctor who after that season, I never felt that negative toward it, but it did seem to be going in a different direction and almost like it was testing the waters Yeah, yep, in like absolutely. a different kind of doctor who. And I think the reaction they got was, Hey, people do kind of want it to be, feel a little bit more classic and a little bit more like what's come before. Um, and not that Doctor Who can never take risks, but I think this season has really, it's been a much more of a kind of, hey guys, look, we still know how to make the same, we still know how to make that kind of Doctor Who too. Yeah. And it's been amazing. I, I've really been so impressed with the season overall with a couple of episodes that I didn't love, but overall it's been not only episodes that I've liked, but like there's a couple episodes of season that I've absolutely loved and will be episodes that will rank super high along across all of new who, uh, you know, starting with Eccleston 
you know, I think some of these episodes in this season are going to rank pretty high for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was trying to do some thinking on episodes of the series and there's probably three that it's like, okay, they're the typical filler episode. You know what? They could probably float towards the bottom. Not sure the order I'd put them in towards the bottom of the series, but when you get three out of 10, so that means that seven of them are super strong um, in regards to where they stand just overall in episodes that I've enjoyed. It's it's a good series. It really is. Um, and I feel like they've taken some of the risks that they took last series. They took the best part of those risks and they've moved them into the series. Um and kind of maybe last last series was an experiment. They were trying to find their feet, trying to find their legs, and they seem to have found it this series, and they just took off running full speed. Uh, it's been a good one. So uh, I could I could sit and, and talk about this episode way, way longer, but it ends with a classic Who closing theme. Very good. Very good music throughout the entire episode. The soundscape was incredible. Anytime Ashdod or Ashad was uh, on the screen, they had like that metallic percussion in the background. So good. So good. The so- the the sounds were incredible. Yeah, I, I cannot wait until next week. And I, it's one of those things where I'm so confident in what they're doing right now that I have no doubts as to the fact that I'm going to enjoy the way that this this all ends could they could they could they fail in any way next episode what's one thing that could happen that would just ruin it all for you i really don't think there's anything that you know they've led it to a point now where you know i already know the elements that are mysterious and the things that they need to kind of address and those things are going to be you know at least somewhat addressed i'm sure and there's some companions that are in peril and who knows who all makes it out and i just they're i'm just going into this episode with such confidence that i'm kind of it's one of those things where they've earned enough credit with me this season that i'm just ready to just okay what's the what how does this end yeah you know and i couldn't i can't say that about everything you know you go in to watch the final you know star wars movie rise of skywalker and you're kind of you're not quite sure what you're gonna get you know you're a little you're a little wary because maybe they they kind of did you wrong on the last one you know like and i don't you know i feel like with this i'm just like i have trust in what they're doing with the story and what chibnall's done all season that i'm just like okay yeah give it to me what's the story i'm I'm i'll accept whatever you hand me (laughs) (laughs) that is a good place to be at it is a good place to be at as a as a fan of any franchise and and I think it's a cool way that they'll, you know, they'll end the season and then we'll have quite a ways to wait until the, the next uh, Doctor Who, which I guess will be over the holidays. So, yeah. So we'll get to kind of ride that high for a while until until the next stuff comes out. Yeah. All right, man. Well, awesome. Ready to wrap up. Yeah, we can we can call it. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Bad Wolf Radio. Uh, we are episode 98. Is that right? Sounds right. I think 98. Yeah. So next one will be 99. Uh, we've been doing this for a long time, Adam. <laughs> we, we have. We have been doing this for a long time. And you know what? It's still it's still fun. Yeah. Still fun. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So thank, thank you all for listening. Um, and if you want to check out past episodes, if you're just now discovering us, you can find them all on iTunes or many different podcatchers. You can also find them on our website, badwolfpodcast.com. And you can find our Facebook group uh, on Facebook, <laughs> but Bad Wolf Radio Facebook group. And that's where kind of the conversation happens after our episodes and some good conversation going on there. I was actually looking the other day, Adam, kind of, they have like analytics on there. Yeah. And you can kind of look and see, um, you know, kind of who the top contributors are and who, who talks the most on there and stuff. And I was, one of these episodes, we, we got to just run down the list of like, the 10 people that kind of keep that group alive those (laughs) those names that we see all the time and people that we we kind of talk doctor who with online uh because i mean they're regular listeners and they've really been supporting us for a long time and it's really cool to see those same names kind of always pop up but if you want to join the group um you're more than welcome head over to facebook search for bad wolf radio and uh request entrance and we will accept you into the group uh so we can talk doctor who and until next time one of the best lines no get down i said don't run how many times does the doctor say not to run (laughs) multiple times this episode don't run y'all stick with it in this episode she actually says don't run and then later on she says run yeah exactly (laughs) run go with it change my mind go